There we go. Should I really be on CNN? I don't know. I mean, then I gave you the Supreme Court. What you want me to? What, what you want me to give? So, Chris, if we want to talk you about if, if we want to talk about affirmative action, where what source do you want me to use to send to you? Fox. I can send you Fox, and then Russian, to Russian times. Russian times. <laughs> Russian times. First of all, I'm my preferred not, news site. I'm not clicking no links. That's gonna get them cookies sent back to me while I'm just getting. Whoa! I did not know that in California, everybody in half of everybody in college is Latino. No, 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 no. That's crazy. Half of no, 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 no. Half of people who are college age, so college like eighteen to twenty-four, yeah. is Hispanic. Yeah, but only that's crazy. Eighteen percent of them are some Mexican. or something like that is in college. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking California. We live in, we, we, we live in, we live in Los Angeles. We all know that means they're Mexican. Like they're saying it like it's Latino people. <laughs> Latino, they Mexican. Well, I for the population that's 18, 24 is Mexican. Cause they had 17 kids when they was 13 years old. I ain't gonna lie. If, if they Latino or Latin, they definitely probably Mexican. Even though I do live in a house full of South right now. Dr. Cap <laughs> in America, they're Mexican. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Salvadorian, <laughs> what? Cut all that culture out. You're Mexican to me, sir. <laughs> Yeah, he was a Mexican. Crazy. Yes. If, if you overseas, if you overseas, you're Spanish. <laughs> you're Spanish. Either Spaniard or you Mexican. One of the two. That is crazy. You Chilean, Guatemalan, Nicaraguan, nigga, please. <laughs> Yeah, if he was recording all that, we good. We could just use that then. I just chop it up. You know how yeah. to do it, man. How about you, Chef? How about you, Chef Chris? I be in that drink like Ryan Leslie. I just passed and foul. Hop to the next scene. Hop to the next scene. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that's on fire, too. I'm addicted to you, Ryan Leslie. Still heat to this day. I'm addicted. With Cassie, you know what I'm saying? Ryan Leslie had all the skills in the world to actually do every single instrumentation or every instrument and instrumentation in his song. He would also sing and no one ever listened to his songs. Crazy. I think I hipped you to Ryan Leslie. Yeah, bro. The songs he made, no one gave him a chance. And honestly, I thought they were... Uh... Didn't he write for other people and stuff too, though? Wasn't that more lucrative for him? Just to like, you know, be in the background? He worked, he worked with Diddy. He worked with Diddy. Answers all, answers all the questions. <laughs> That's uh, all the questions. Diddy did it. Man, he's working with Diddy, man. That's what happened around Leslie. He's with Diddy, man. He's on fast whole career. And then, did, and then, then, and then we all know what happened with Cassie. That was Ryan Leslie's mm. girlfriend mm. and creative muse. Next thing you know, she with Diddy for a hundred years. It was crazy as hell. Mm. Come on, man. What we doing, Ryan Leslie, man? He the he a legend though. He live in a castle now. Live overseas doing meet and greets. No one knows his music though. Brian Leslie has a dedicated fan base, I think, of like fifty to 60,000 people that listen to his music on a regular basis. That's legit. He's able to go on tour with that fan base, and they pay money to see him. So I wouldn't say that no one knows his music. You don't know his music. I still follow Brian Leslie. He's a legend. A great indication of if someone, if people know someone, is if I know them. And I know this because I try not to know people. So if they're on my radar, then that means everybody knows them. Or at least a lot of people know them. So if you're telling me somebody has 50 to 60 people, Six fifty to sixty thousand, which I would take in a heartbeat for Beyond Hood and Evil. That just means fifty to sixty thousand people knows. That's a really small number, bro. In a scheme of entertainment, that's not small. small. If you got fifty, yes, I got fifty, sixty thousand people willing to send me ten dollars a month. What are you talking about? 
That's a lot. You know, first of all, that is not true because if you got fifty to sixty thousand people following you, that means only ten percent of them are willing to do that. So that means you got five to six thousand. And then of that five to six thousand, another ten percent is the one that's sending you a hundred dollars. Everybody else is sending you ten or sending you a dollar or sending you nothing. But yeah, so you got an audience. You got an audience to get some money from, some revenue from, for sure. But it's not 50 to 60. And those people are not going to follow you for every single thing. So that 50 to 60 number is really like you got like a thousand people who are really doing every single thing you want. So no. So don't try, first of all, don't try to use my valuation and mathematics to try to use it against me. Cause I gave you the number that is the 10% that follow him on social media. Where'd you get, where, and where'd you that's get the 10% said. from? Where'd you get the 10% from? You made that up, Chris? No, that's him. He said that. He said how he he been on interviews talking about how many people send him money a month so he can keep doing oh, his content. He has interviews what, oh, about his actual his speak, actual. Stuff. I'm okay. speaking, I'm speaking from fact. You're speaking from opinion, and everyone, that's what we're getting into today. Affirmative action, because that's what Mike just tried to enact on me. He tried to come with this race neutral point, and ah. I was listening to him like, wow, listening to him just white explain to me the success of Ryan Leslie, how this independent <laughs> black entrepreneur was able to manifest his own sustainable business model using fan-driven um, fan driven revenue to expand and grow into an actual self-sustaining entity, and he's telling me it's not real because all the people don't know him. You know, and we all know what all the people mean, you know what I'm saying? Non-black, a.k.a. white. Because if you're not black, you're white. <laughs> so that's what we're getting into today, man. Affirmative action. Um, Clarence Thomas, man, he the ultimate Uncle Thomas ever. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. This man is a direct beneficiary of affirmative action to the point where he is now on the Supreme Court. And my guy now was just like, nah, no one will come after me. He man shutting the door, bolting the windows, burning the bridges, and salting the earth. He's making sure nothing can come behind him. It's excellent. And I really appreciate his efforts because now that... You know, he's done this super goofy stuff. There's going to be a new Democratic blue lash in the 2024 elections. And I hope that he's realizing this. He's stupid. They're all stupid. Super stupid. Hold on. Let me take a second and say this. Like, subscribe, follow Beyond Her and Evil on YouTube, man. If you're watching, like and subscribe. If you're listening, like and subscribe. And if you really want to hold us down, send us to somebody, bro. We try and grow the podcast, man. So... Yeah, man. Beyond her and evil. YouTube backslash beyond her and evil. They, they, they just walk past. Who is that? It's like they uh they showing an apartment. Uh huh. They got a whole group. I be in it. This is this like the fourth time this happened. They trying to show because this like one of the the key rooms to like the show. I be in this bitch. Post it up. What you want uh-huh. me to do? <laughs> this is where I record my podcast. It's that nice. I got shit moved around. I got lights plugged up, cords, all that. They be like, "What the? He got a whole production in here. He just had a backpack on and some light and some two th- sticks. Now he got a whole other stuff. Where he come from?" It's me, man. You know what I'm saying? It's me. But yeah, let's go. My bad. Wait, no, no. What'd you, what'd you just say, though? I said a lot. I said three points. I said one. It was, no, it was the last point. It was the last point that you made. But the main point was that Mike stands with the whites. That was the main point because he said if everyone doesn't know, <laughs> if all people, if Mike doesn't know them, they don't exist. AKA, if the whites don't know them, they don't exist. That's what Mike said. That's the first point. Second point was that Clarence Thomas is a Uncle Thomas because of the mm-hmm. fact that. He is a direct beneficiary of affirmative action, but now he's tried to mm-hmm. destroy anyone that could come behind him. And that also goes counter to my thing that I always bring up. Successful people are always leaving clues. That's not always true because there are some, 
and it, I will use other language here, but we're still early in the podcast. There are some very, very bad people. <laughs> <laughs> very very bad black people that like to make sure that other black people can't come behind them and those people have special we have special words for them the acronym is ban so there's some real banners out there and i don't think that that's a real thing and if you read between the lines you understand what i'm saying by ban there's some real bans out there and they, i don't understand why they do that and then the third thing i said was there's going to be a blue lash in the 2024 elections because of the actions of the supreme court and i want to also start it off by saying this is not a political podcast but sometimes you just gotta go to your soapbox and be like yo what's up <laughs> What is happening? So, you know, when we first started off Beyond Hood and Evil, we've been in this game for, for three years, and we done advanced so far that real quick, I want to do a pause for the merch, Chris. Just, just show the merch. Show that unreleased heat. Show them a little bit of that. Unreleased heat. Because mm. my man's a chocolate mm. champ. Now, mm. we, we started this. <laughs> my grandma would want this shirt. <laughs> so Granty want my shirt. <laughs> she does. Granty is for me. Granty is for me. I posted... I came, I pulled up on my grandma with some, um, I, I, you know, every once in a while, like once a month, I pull up on my grandma, we'll give her like cakes and pies. I shouldn't be doing it, but I do. I bring her pizza, cakes and pies, cheeseburger, stuff like that. You know, she's okay, older. First of, do, you bring, you know? do you bring her that old ass carrot cake that you get from the shop up the block? No, nah, I don't that do you that. Mentioned last week? Okay, don't my do My grandma that, was simple, man. She's a simple woman, man. I'm okay, Carolina, man. I bring her some, uh, 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 what's that? And, and pizza. That's my grandmother new addiction, mm-hmm. and pizza. She ain't never had it before. And she ain't never had crispy crust pizza. I bring her aunt pizza. Okay. She be losing her mind. <laughs> she think I'm the best. She think I'm the best thing since sliced bread, man. You love me, man. my grandson, right. my grandson. You love That's me. Right. <laughs> well, I pull up. I pull up with all the premium candy. You know, when I was growing up, you know, we couldn't get the premium candy. We had the, you know, we had the, the milk duds. We had that string candy, the strawberry candy, the rest of it. We had that type of candy. We was growing up. Now, you know, I'm working. I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here in the high rise. You know, you know how I get the Reese's. I come with M and M's. M and M's. That's right. M and M's with the whole peanut in them. With the whole peanut in them. That's with the whole peanut. That's right. The real ones. We come up with chocolate. What, what, what else we come up with? Oatmeal cream pies. Not oatmeal cream cakes. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Zebra oh. cakes. You know what I'm saying? What's that? Russell Stover? She get all that. All the chocolate caramel turtles. She get all little that. Davis. Little all the name brands. She be like, oh, this is so expensive. And I bring it a little, um, you remember the Jones that used to come in the little white bags? The Milano cookies. Oh. I was bringing her them Jones. She be losing her little mind, man. Be fired. Not little mind, but you know what I'm saying. She losing her mind. I understand that. So it's fine. And- and we oh, were losing our mind. No, no, we were losing our mind in season one because all we were talking about was what was happening in the world. And at the time in 2020, mm-hmm. a lot of things were happening in the world, political, environmental, social, just many things. And as a consequence, you know, we talked about a lot of political things and people were, I think, received it because everybody was in that mindset. But then you and I realized that like, yeah, man, nah. First of all, I was making it sad every day. I think we needed a vibe check every week, but we decided to avoid it. But we did two of them. <laughs> it's just like, I am sad right now. The world is a terrible place. Uh, but we talked about a lot of politics because it was wild. So, Chris, you know, we're, we're not a political podcast. If you've been following us since day one, we appreciate you. But you know we ain't no political po- podcast, but we do got to get in our bag, right? So, yeah. Chris, this ain't going to be heavy, too heavy academic for me. I decided I'm deciding not to do that, mostly because I don't want to read. Um, but two, also, because I feel like... I, not that I already know what's happening in the big scheme of life and the big chips that are being played behind the scenes that people may categorize as a conspiracy theorist. You know, they start to put things together and they start to say, this is what's happening behind the scenes because they've done enough research mm-hmm. to dig and to surface things. Um, this is just me you know, sharing my opinion, Chris. Is it enough just to say I don't care about this? Oh, oh, oh. Your take is different. <laughs> Your take is different. I don't know why the throw is going to be much. Mike's going, Mike's going full white, folks. This episode, <laughs> Mike has decided to not hide it. <laughs> Whoa. He's taking a different side. Yeah. I'm on the same page on this yeah. side. Whoa. Mega Chris, take the hat off. <laughs> take oh, the hat off. What are we doing? What are we doing? 
this is not how this is supposed to go. You're you're woke, Mike. You have to be with them. You have to stand with the people. And when I say the people, I mean the peoples, the folks. Our I, guess, I guess what they say is true. Us kinfolk ain't kinfolk. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Mike said he don't care about this. That's crazy as hell. Like you ain't gonna have a little, ba- little you know, mixed up baby, man. They gonna need that. Uh, they gonna need that goddamn uh, affirmative action so they don't get out there and be confused, man. You know, it's like you gonna have a little Steph Curry out there, bro. Come on, man. What's so that's that's very much to my point. So you you said two things, Chris. And so when I say I don't care about this, it's a little tongue in cheek. And for those of you who have heart att- had a heart attack, I hope you die because you way too soft. So one part that you said about this is the blue lash that's coming, right? Another law that they repealed or, or, or brought down was around abortion. People are really upset about that. <laughs> you just ended affirmative action. People are really upset about that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're not done. They're going to continue ripping things down. And if we look at history, these things consistently flip. They go back and forth. And we just happen to sit in a wave of when it's flipping to where affirmative action is no longer going to exist in its current form that we understand. But it will continue to exist. You want to know why? Because people make the rules. Right. And so people are always going to carry these sentiments forward. It's the same reason why when we had affirmative action and the reason why it didn't work, because the people who are fighting against it still continue to exist. And they continued to take all their ideologies, all their passions and how they felt. And they continue to implement that in ways in which it allowed them to come back to this space in 2023 to put forth these this court case that they've been working on since what, like 2010 or something like that. They were working on it for like 13 years, bro. They wasn't done. Those are the same people and the reasons why affirmative action wasn't going to fully work. Right. So that it can justify why you need to tear it down. And so, Chris, it's for me, I don't care because it's just like this was going to be the inevitable end because there were not enough people bought in to make it successful. Right. Like so just because black and brown kids got into college, they weren't they were and they were graduating. Right. When you think about their peers, four to six year graduation rates, significantly lower enrollment rates, significantly lower. Right. Being able to matri- being able to uh, matriculate past your first year, your freshman year to your sophomore year, significantly lower for for black and brown kids than their white peers. There hasn't been an incredible jump that has been able to be sustained for us in these predominantly white spaces, right? And that's because those predominantly white leaders never wanted us to persist and excel at a really high level. Think about it. All the people that went to Harvard, that went to Yale, that went to Wharton, that went to Ross, that went to all these different schools, business schools and undergrad schools, they all talk about their feelings of isolation. They all talk about not feeling wanted. They all talked about trying to find their all small little crew and how they had faced Soft. so much. They had they had Soft. faced so much tension and turmoil that they had to fight to get through this college education that they were promised and said they should pursue. They finally got out and then they made a life. You could have did that at UC Santa Barbara. You could have did that at I don't know, Texas Tech. You could have did that at Howard University. You could have did that at FAMU. You could have yeah. did that somewhere else. Yeah. You could you could you would you would have had this you would have had the same stress. <laughs> You would have had the same stress or a different, different stress. type of stress. Different, different stress. stress, same, different same stress. stress. <laughs> same stress. But what different. type of stress they had, Mike? What type of stress? The water would be out. <laughs> you could, could, couldn't shower. Cafeteria ain't gonna fool. <laughs> keep going. What else? Philadelphia rap. What else? Oh, keep going. What else? Teachers ain't showing up to class. Administrators ain't what showing else? up. You can't get no books. What else? What else? <laughs> Library ain't got no laptops, computers in it. You can't rent nothing. What do we go? Let's go. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Like a rap. But what y- else? But y'all can step though. Um, like, sorry, y'all can party. And you can network. <laughs> Party and bullshit. But I'll say this though, Chris. So it's tongue in cheek that I say I don't matter, most because I know this is going to come back because there's enough of us who actually give a shit about this. Who's going to come back to repeal this action that's been put into place today? We're going to come back and say this is why. But when you look at the when you look at the data and information that we do have, it paints two pictures. 
because data doesn't always tell the whole story. It tells a fraction of it, right? It just, it just tells something that we want to peek at. And most times, most people use data to be able to affirm the story that they already want to tell. <laughs> they don't use data to discover things and to say, huh, maybe we should look at this different based on what the data says. Most of the times we're looking for something to affirm what we already think. And that's what we're doing with affirmative action. Because when you look at information from all these D, E, I, J, different types of places, diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, however you want to organize those, whether it's Deji or Jedi or whatever people want to make up to call it. When you're looking at the statistics around how affirmative action has impacted places, it's been really great for us, Chris. We've been able to get into schools and all those things. Yeah. But at the same time, Chris, I got into American University and they did not give me a full ride. They gave me a full tuition ride, but I still had to pay a lot of money to go to school. And if I did not meet the rigors of the academic performance that I needed to actually execute on to like be a high performer student, I would have dropped out of school like most of us do, black and brown kids. And then now not only did we drop out, but we're saddled with debt. So like affirmative action for me, there's like a million pieces of it to me that just because it's being struck down uh, for me, doesn't make me feel like, oh, I'm losing something I always want to have because there's so many things that I dislike about higher education and how <laughs> we, we've molested higher education and now we're just using it as, a, as, a, as truly for-profit institutions that this actually doesn't really bother me that much because I know it's going to change in 10 to 15 anyway. And in the meantime, there's so many advances techno technologically and there's so many other educational institutions and paths that we could choose that Harvard and North Carolina aren't going to lose, but they are at the same time. It's just a matter of time. I said a lot there. I don't know what you're going to do. If you listen to the podcast, we have merchandise. We got hoodies. We got tees. Right, we got hats. We got patches. We got raincoats. We got we got, Man, we got condoms. We got lighters. You know what I'm saying? We got perf control. We got uh, <laughs> we got flip flops. We got paddles. You know what I'm saying? We got beads, waist and anal. You know what I'm saying? We got uh, <laughs> we got we got magic wands. I'm talking about for pulling rabbits out of hat. And pulling birds out the nest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'll go ahead and go up to beyondhoodandevil.com backslash shop. Get your merch today. Thank you. I mean, you said a lot of nothing to me, man. You, you know, I kind of zoned out when he said it don't matter, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, well, that's crazy, you know what I'm saying? This man's tripping. Like, he he is he himself is a direct recipient of affirmative action. You know what I'm saying? You said it yourself. You went, you got into American University. You got a part, you got your tuition paid because you was black. No, I got my tuition. I got my tuition paid because just like every other institution that I applied to, they said that I have zero dollars to contribute to my education. Exactly. Zero. Exactly. But yeah, so I was yeah. pale eligible. Because right? you're black. And you black. <laughs> I have plenty you're missing that piece. of- missing And you black. I have, I, Chris, I have-, I have because of American University, I have a lot of, of friends of color who have money. Man, we ain't talking about we ain't talking about Dower in Baltimore. We ain't talking about Dower in Baltimore. Her parents are lawyers and all that. We ain't talking about them. <laughs> we ain't talking about them. Shout out to the big homie that went and did it big. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Because she, she a lawyer now, man. She a lawyer now. <laughs> um, anyway, and she might sue us if you keep talking shit like that. Come on, man. Man, she know I'm joining, man. Like, we we'll care about her. She's from Baltimore, the Blue Light District, man. She got blue lights in her community because it was unsafe. Hey, man, her parents did, they did so well for themselves. Why they stop in Baltimore? They could have moved down the street to DC. Been safe, safe. Went up there with the question mark, safe. That's how it is in Baltimore. I live okay. My community is good. That's how you talk when you live in Baltimore. It's always that little, you know, like the um the future song, moving with the mix. Got me feeling different. That's how you guys say it when you live in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody, you say you live in Baltimore, people eyebrows go up. Mm, you live in Baltimore. Mm, oh, good for you. Okay. Wow. Really good.
<laughs> when are you moving? Uh, but I was like, I was going to say, there's plenty of people out there that was white also that that were in the same civil situation as you. You know, their parents rolled the dice. They came up white and still lost because they're stupid. So, therefore, <laughs> they still didn't have money to contribute either. So, in that... <laughs> They didn't get the same opportunity you had because you were a person of color. You had another box. And the Struggle Olympics, you were more struggling than they were because, again, you were a person of color. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that. And like I said, it's in America, you black or you white. And you pick a side until you go in the world and you realize you're an American. But you know how they go. Like, that's even when we talk about black and brown folks, we always lump them together, even though politically a lot of brown folks do lean to be more conservative Republican than Democratic. And they, that's something we really need to be talking about because that's going to be an issue. <laughs> In a couple of years, people out here talking about this, talking about that. And then it's like, well, why does the nation keep changing? It's because we got this large demographic of people that don't have the same ideals that we thought they would because a lot of them are more conservative. A lot of them are more bootstrappers because they've seen their families come over and change their whole trajectory of their life in one generation. <laughs> so, you know, that's another podcast. Point being, I think that this is highly, highly, highly important information. I think that it's a real response to the, all the D.I.E. work that has been going on since, I'm going to say, 2018 and 2019 with the riots and stuff like that. I feel like that's what this really is in response to. All the I'm black and I'm proud. I'm a black activist, you know, and NAACP pointing out and trying to hold people accountable, trying to shame people on social media and with media campaigns, all the different voices that have emerged. Um, like, you know, I'm wearing my bonding in public. I'm proud to be black. I'm black as AF, all that stuff. I feel like this is a response to that. It's a cultural, mm. it's a governmental systematic response to something that has been a cultural shift and they're trying to get all the inmates to stop running the asylum. And that's honestly, that's what I think it is, man. <laughs> think about it. Think about it, bro. We got all these black people that's coming up in, this, in, these, in the world at the same time, all these new black voices. And they're not just voices. They have large platforms that they are able to influence a lot of people to do things differently. And that's not, that hasn't been the case since like, I won't say 1970s Black Panther, that's like, that's, Black Pride. That's, that's low-key like fear-mongering though. Like, like, cause that's the point. It's like, who are the people of giving these colorful voices a platform anyway? White people. ESPN. White people. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith runs SportsCenter or, or, or runs ESPN. He get everybody their jobs, but come on, man. He's still complaining about the salary he make. If you run a joint, why are you complaining about your salary? Because somebody else makes the decisions around your salary. Somebody else makes the decisions around your hiring. You just get to say the okay. And it's not to demean Stephen A. Smith. It's just that there's levels to this, bro. There's levels. And so at the end of the day, yeah, he still reports up to some up to, to up to somebody. And those people are most likely white. Yeah. But I mean, I also wanted to say ESPN, because that is a place where a lot of people are getting their start. ESPN, CNN. And then you hopefully you can. Like I don't think they get their start. They get their big. They may get their big break there, but you start as smaller. So now you're getting into my world of journalism and communications, Chris. You start somewhere locally, regionally, then you build up to get broken, open as a place like ESPN, and then you settle for. Where where they find Billy Andrews at, man? Where where they find her at, man? Because she always got something to say negative about young black dudes trying to come up. They athletes. They trying to figure it out. We all know how you come up when you coming up in in these cities. You know what I'm saying? In these towns and these spaces, you get Mm -hmm. caught up sometimes. And they trying to change the trajectory of their life. And at the biggest moment, why they, when they at the cusp of changing their life, she say something crazy and try to knock their stock down. So now they got to work at, you know, Wahlburger or something crazy for the rest of their life. You know what I'm saying? That'd be a big what if. What's up with her? She definitely a hater. I mean, I, I think there's a tough point that you face, especially when you're a person of color, when you try to play like an objective or like neutral 
speaking of this race neutral stuff, you try to take a neutral stance. So when you take a neutral stance, it gives you the perspective that like everybody can get it. My challenge with Malik is that I don't really see this for her non-Black colleagues. <laughs> the same type of energy. The other side is I get really annoyed with her because then she tries to act really familiar. You ever watch ESPN? I love ESPN. NBA oh, no. Today is one of their best shows. And she's the lead of it. And she's incredible. I love it when she's acting very familiar because it seems very natural to her. But then when she goes back into her host mode, I'm like, no, nah, it does. When she's joking with Jefferson, when she's joking with Perk, when she's joking with, uh, I want to say Chine. Is that how you say her name? I'm, I'm all the other letters in her name. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to the homies. I shouldn't already all her name after the episode. Uh, but yeah, when she's acting familiar, when she's, when, she, when she's just letting go, she's dope. But when she's in her mode, I don't really mess with her like that. And I think that's her just trying to be a professional. And in that case, she's trying to come at this as a professional. And I think she's leaning into a side where she starts addressing things with people at inappropriate times, with inappropriate audiences. And it's just not the right time to do what Malika does. Like, either you're going to do it for everybody or you're just not going to do it at all. Don't pick and choose. Especially don't do that type of stuff when it's also specifically around Black men. Definitely a group she targets. Know, man. thousand percent. And I feel like... I feel like she did a good, a big example of her is like you got, you know, Clarence Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's up there, a direct recipient of the things that he's talking about, and then you up there poo pooing the same thing that you benefit from. Like she's up there, a beneficiary of the things that she kind of poo pooing. Like she came up from the trenches. You think there weren't other people that probably were not of color and a woman that were as qualified or if not more qualified than her, but they had to choose her because of affirmative action because they need to check the box. That's mm. a real thing. And she out here taking the opportunity away from other people. And like I said, man, I, I feel like she in that same room. I don't care what nobody say. Malika Andrews, Clarence Thomas, <laughs> twin. <laughs> That's my twin. That's my twin. They call each other. <laughs> they call each other on the phone. And they be like, hey, who you talking about today? Who you talking about today? And she say, oh, I'm talking about this young dude. He doing this. You know, he about to be number one. I'm about to knock his staff down. I'm going to make him number 27 in the third round. And then he's talking about, she like, so what you about to do today? He's like, man, I'm about to get rid of a friend of action. Da, 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 da. I'm about to do all this other Bama stuff, man. It just don't make sense. Like, mm. people like that be connected to each other, man, on the, on a BS brigade, man. I feel like there's this, like, growing sentiment where if you're a person of color, let's make this specific to black people. If you're a black person, you can't say anything like negative about black people or you can't support things that would negatively impact black people. So for example, there could be an argument on this side where you should dismantle affirmative action because it is used by a cru- as a crutch for institutions and they, because of their criteria, they mismanage it. Um, they put in, you know, barriers or loopholes to try to reduce affirmative. Like there's so many ways that people can approach affirmative action just because it's a law doesn't mean people will implement it correctly. Or perfectly, which is the reason why the law has been broken down, because we haven't seen the results that we wanted to see because people decided to not implement it successfully. Randomly, but related, same thing with like Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, right? People would say that it was failing because, you know, it was a large initiative, but also institutions decided to not actually implement it to its fullest capabilities. They decided to short track it. All right, well, we're not going to do this part because I don't really care. So if you don't do this part, then part B, part C actually fucks up because you don't do part A. So people are actually sabotaging this whole process. That being said, you can have a belief that this is just not going to work. And actually that affirmative action no longer being the case will actually help people. Do you feel, or Chris, why do you feel like people, if you are Black, cannot say things that negatively affect Black people? Or do not support black people. I mean, I say for a long time, black blackness is seen as a monolith. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, if you have somebody to go against the grain, that person is considered almost a persona non grata. Like that person's not a part of the, that person not invited to the cookout. That person not my people's all skin folk and kin folk. Like I said earlier today, when you said that crazy stuff about Ryan Leslie, how you not a goat? You know what I'm saying? Who literally lives in a castle? You're not doing this. Continue. And he got hits. <laughs> hey, man. Anyway, point being, I think that's what it is because blackness is seen as a monolith. So when you have somebody that goes against the grain, it's like, why is this person doing that? It's almost like how I just typecast mm. Malika Andrews. You know what I'm saying? Like, because she's yeah. saying crazy stuff about black people. It's like, is it her job to report on that? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. her job is to report on sports, but she always manages to bring up the personal lives of these professional athletes, and they always are young, and they always get caught up in some crazy situation where it's like, dog, that should have been avoided. And instead mm-hmm. of trying to use it as a te- teaching moment, she uses it as a moment to be like, aha, I gotcha. You know what that's I'm saying? Right. And that's, that's the piece right. I don't like about it. It's a real yeah. gotcha journalism piece to it. Like, yeah. she's trying to get used. And it's like, do you do you got to be the person that do that? I would say no. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, when you think about the counterparts of people that do stuff like how all the stuff happened with uh what's his name uh Brett Favre and the people mm-hmm. of Mississippi and how they got all that stuff he did with them nobody talk about that at all at the same time but when there's ever all this other stuff happened with black people it was always brought up and it's always a person of color that they have bringing it up so you know I, I just think that's really what it is it's mm-hmm. the fact that the community and the unity that we have for each other, the camaraderie that we have with each other, is also the same thing that brings us down. Because once you go against what is typically seen as the way, it's like, why are you doing that? That's lame. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. out of pocket. Why are you doing that? Post stand with us. So, you know. I'm just saying, Malika Andrews, um, if I could be anybody in the world, I would be just like her. I'd take a job on ESPN. I'd follow her exact path. I think she was a trailblazer. And I think she's done it the right way. Um She's even gotten her sister. I don't even know if she did it, but her sister's also on ESPN. Uh, she's following the Warriors, I believe. Uh, so their whole family got it, bro. We should, you should be more like them, Chris. You should be more actually like Malika Andrews and more like Clarence Thomas. They're successful black people. What's going on with you today? What's up with you? <laughs> like, what is you talking about? I should be more like Malika Andrews. First of all, she's a woman. Second of all, <laughs> what is going like on? A, she is smallette. You know what I'm saying? I got I got my own problem. I got enough problems. Why would I want to be a black woman? You know what I'm saying? I got my black man. You know what I'm saying? Why would I want to be a black woman? I got enough problems. Like, what are we talking about? No. And then you got to say, I want to be Clarence Thomas. I don't want to be him. He's a big Uncle Ruckus face ass. Like, I'm not trying to be him. Definitely not. You know what I'm saying? He looked like they based the dude in Django that Samuel L. Jackson played on Clarence Thomas. You can't, if you put a picture up side by side, they look like the same person. Mm. Same person. Aside from the the big homie Malika, uh, because Chris, she told me I was uh, channeling, I was moving away from woke Mike, and I was moving in a white Mike. So, you know, I just want to say to the yeah. big homie Malika Andrews, to the big homie Clarence Thomas. Um, I do believe in my hearts of hearts, Chris. I can't even troll no more. They fucking up. <laughs> like it's just they're fucking up. And I'll, I'll say this, man. When I when I think about like black issues. It's tough because, like, to similar similar part that you said about um, Latin folks. Actually, I don't know if this makes sense. Were we talking about were we talking about Latinos before or after we started recording? Before, before. So similar to what we were talking about before we started recording around. Uh, oh no, we didn't we talk about the percentage? Yeah. Oh, we talk about uh, this is probably the issue without recording. Talk about how many? When we talk about Latinos. So when we were talking about AK Mexicans, 
we're talking about Latin folks. We're saying, you know, in, 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 in many more cases than it should, you know, they lean toward being conservative. They lean toward um, uh, being Republican. And I think there's, I mean, there's definitely a reason for that. Like you said, right. They've seen their entire family after one generation go from being in poverty to, you know, having something that they can call their own and they can now create generations where their family can establish wealth. There's some merit to that. Right. So it kind of brings up for me, like that bootstrapper kind of mentality piece. Right. So you need to work hard in order to get what you want. I think in life, that is a fairly apt statement. Like if you work hard, like you'll get more of the things that you want. It's not always that apples to apples that you'll get exactly what you want, but you should get something. There is something to be said about working hard in a very specific direction. And there's even a phrase where people say work harder, not smarter. I think there's a lot of points where, and just make this simple, our white counterparts are able to work harder. I mean, work smarter, not harder, right? Because they have access to the to to people who have done it before. They have access to resources. They have access to all the things that allow them to channel all their effort into one very direct path. And they have interventions along the way to support them, right? And it's tried and it's proven. When you have our Latin community, you know, one of the things that is tried, proven, and true is if you try hard, you'll get it. Right. But but what are we getting? And at what cost are we getting? Because what? I have to disagree. What? Your whole statement it don't make sense. Why? Because I don't think that I don't think that the issue is that white people have to try have to work smarter not harder. I think there's a barrier that, that affirmative action is trying was put in. The purpose of affirmative action was to get around this that there's a a feeling that you got to be the very best of the best to be black in a white space. And I feel like that's what affirmative action is trying to was trying to fight before it was abolished. I got to speak as past tense because it don't exist no more. But that's what it was trying to correct. Mm-hmm. The fact that you got Jay-Z and Chris Rock living next to a dentist that's not even good is a th- was a thing in the 2000s. You know what I'm saying? When th- that was a thing. Or you got, uh, let's think about somebody else that's very popular. Like think about uh, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry had to pull on his own plays for a billion years to get the same recognition that M. Like Shyamalan got for doing one movie. I ain't never heard of M. Like Shyamalan before the little, his little movies. But you heard of Tyler Perry for like a hundred years before he did. So it's like when people, it's like you got to work putting 17 times the effort just to be around a bunch of regular white folks. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, that's to my point. Why? That's not about working harder though. It's like you got to be, it's like you got to be perceived to be the very best of the best because you're held to a different standard. It's not you got to work hard. It's because the standard is different. They, the, the, the goal is, the goalpost is moved when you black. So like at my job, I do something and it'd be amazing. And they'd be like, well, you, you, you got a misspelling in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but it's the draft. They'd be like, yeah, but it's misspelled. And it's like, oh, you don't ever misspell stuff. They'd be like, no, I'm not saying that. It's like, but that's what I'd be wanting to say. I'd be like, so you don't never have misspellings, huh? Your stuff just be perfect. Your, your stuff don't be looking right, but it's, it's my stuff ain't not right because I got a misspelling. Like that don't make sense. I'm mm-hmm. held to a different standard because I am black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, oh man, you, you, you delivered this to me at this time. Yeah. I had to do another project that you gave me beforehand. Well, you delivered this project late. Yeah, because you gave me another project on top of this project. And I still turn them in both. Well, I said I was going to get it to you at 12. It was 1 o'clock. I had to take an hour because you told me, gave me something else. Well, next time, just make sure you get it done. Huh? What are we talking about? It's this, that standard. The goalpost is moved when you black. Or when you brown, for that matter. Because the same thing happened. I feel like the difference is that in the Latin community, it's a little bit more of a community uh, in terms of they're willing to come together and sacrifice so that one person can make it out and then they pull each other up like that. So like you'll see six, seven Latin families bunched together on one block 
pushing each family out and they keep pulling each other up generation by generation by generation. But you don't see that in black households. It's like, I got to make it for myself. It's almost like it's my family against this family as opposed to if it being us. And I don't know. I feel like that's, a, that's my, that's my opinion, but I feel like that's, you see it more, more time, nine times, more times than not. You see that happen a lot. Specifically, when you think about black families and black communities versus Latin communities, you saying Latin communities—they all know each other still. Mm-hmm. They all able to borrow stuff from each other still. They all hang out still. And black communities, man, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that's not looking at you like you're trying to do something to them. That's crazy. So I live in a. So Chris, what community do you live in right now? <laughs> I live in a white community. All right, and I, I mean. live. I, I live in. A... <laughs> Latin community with actually, I think it's pretty, it's, it's, it's fairly mixed, but I live in a Latin household and my immediate neighbors around me, it's actually a pretty good mix, but to my left and my right, they're Latin. Um, I'm a paint what you said as a, as a, as a, you know, a little swath of generalizations, right? Cause not all families operate that mm-hmm. way. And one of the, one of the things that I wanted to say around the working smarter, and harder situations that you can channel your efforts, right? You can, every, everybody has to work relatively hard, right? Because working hard is, mm. like, we talk about, um, it's going to be related, but sort of a stretch. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, billionaires, right? Chris, you and I would get into this conversation all the time around the amount of money that, you know, they are able to take home, say, in a salary, right? We're not talking about equity and all the other stuff. We know I'm not talking about their full amount of wealth they have access to, but let's just say salary. Uh, and say a CEO makes, uh, you could be a billionaire, but the CEO makes say four, $750,000 a year, right? Their output, yeah, their output is not that of 10 times or 20 times that of their junior middle management staff that are making 75 to 100K, right? Or 45K or some of the workers that they have. Their output is not there, right? But they can make several times the money based on their position. Right. So the people who are making less money are actually working harder because they work multiple jobs. Most of their day is spent working hard versus the CEO can now transition to a life of working smarter, not harder. Yeah, because you're spending less time doing the things in that business, yet you're making more of the money versus the people who are spending more time doing that work are making less of the money. The share of that pie is not proportional to the work that you do. I hear you, but I think that's not true. I, I'm a, I, I always, I'm a willing to doubt that, that, We've no, had this conversation multiple times. No, that is actually, that's, no, that's, that's, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. If the CEO didn't have the job, didn't create the business, like, because it's a difference between somebody that's just a CEO and somebody that's like a CEO business owner. If I say, I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody that started at bootstrap all the way up to having a business. They employ tens of thousands of people. You can't be mad at me now because I got this business. I'm going to take home $750,000 of this a hundred million dollar business and I'm paying 10,000 people. Why are you mad? I'm making this money. I started the business. Why can't I get the lion's share of the money? You work in pack in the package room. Why do you need to make $150,000 to staff packages all day? That don't make sense to me. It's the same way people be like, Oh man, I'm a, I'm a person that walk dogs. I should make as much as a doctor. No, you shouldn't. You walk dogs. This person, the doctor is skilled labor. My job has a skill set that you don't have. Your job set is a skill that anybody can do. Why do you need to make super a, a godly amount of money? For what? Who says a dog walker should make the same amount of money as a doctor? They're doing two very different things. Who should that the person that's 
Who says the middle manager is doing the same job as a CEO? The CEO had to do all of those jobs, so they know what all those jobs take. So then they got to a point, but they did not get the point that they are by themselves. They had all those people and they built out that team over time and they didn't necessarily share those skills because professional development does not exist within organizations. So they found all the talent and brought all of that talent in to do the work. And so they may have had previous experience doing some things, but you know what you also find talent to do to do the things that you cannot do <laughs> that they can do. Yeah. So yeah, you just because you came up with the idea doesn't mean that the business is going to get to extreme heights because of the idea that you created. It's about the things that people create and that stems from the idea that gets implemented in real life and it gets brought to real life by the other people that you bring along. So I'm not saying that everybody needs to evenly make $75,000 a year. No, I'm not saying that. The point that I'm trying to make right now is that it's not the, the amount of effort that you give is not proportional to the outcomes on the revenue side. So what that means, the only correlation I'm trying to make here is that just because you have a title, right, doesn't mean you do more work. So that ties to my work smarter, not harder example. Uh, there are people who are getting to a place where they can work smarter. They don't have to work as hard or their hard work goes a lot further because they can go down narrow paths that have been set before them that allows them to get straight there versus us. We just have to keep, 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 keep working hard in order to get to a place and there's no guarantee that you'll get there. So the example that I gave was a, was a CEO. It cannot be the right example for this case because I don't want you to spin your wheels going off there. But all I was trying to show is a correlation between how hard work does not always get you to where you need to get to. Smart, hard work gets you to where you need to get to. And a lot of us can't work smart because we don't have the resources. We don't have the tools to work smarter. So we're left with just working harder. Programs like Affirmative Action, when you implement them correctly, allows you to put in for interventions that will support you after you've worked incredibly hard to get there. Say, for example, at a university. There could be writing labs, your resource centers, financial aid. You can have people plugged in. If you're an athlete, right, then you have the resources plugged in there too, for sure, right? But just because something is made available to you doesn't mean it's of quality. Doesn't mean that the people are actually built in through those interventions to see you through the inception of you coming into a program, to see you all the way through the graduation of a program. Just because things exist doesn't mean things will get done. And so, yeah, one of, and when you, some of the articles that I've read around this affirmative action and why they say we should tear it down is because it doesn't work is because the interventions that, that you set in place to support people actually weren't actually, weren't actually set up to be implemented effectively for it to actually carry and steward your work. So it's going to fail from the jump. So no matter how hard you work, it doesn't matter if you don't have people along the way helping you work smarter. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I, I hear what you're saying. Like you saying that, this institution is correct. The idea is the correct, but the execution is the thing that is limiting the outcomes that we need. Right. Thank you, Chris. Usually it's the flip side. Usually you say all this yeah. stuff and then I summarize it, but now we don't flip roles. Thank you. Yeah. I, I got what you're saying. So that's what you're saying. Right. So it's like, I, I, I hear you hundred percent. Cause I feel the same way about y'all know. I always bring it up. I work at a government job. I feel like we do that a lot. We say all this stuff. We do all this stuff, but it's too, <laughs> it's too a demographic of people that are not our base. So a lot of our content falls on deaf ears because we're so locked up trying to sound like we smart and we went to school as opposed to sounding like we are in the trenches with you. Mm -hmm. So I understand that exactly. Like you can, you can be an enemy to your own message. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's the real piece that I think that people are saying about mm -hmm. this. From people that are writing the article saying that affirmative action needs to be abolished because of the outcomes. If you look at the history of it, maybe traditionally, statistically, I don't know the numbers, but it hasn't been a lot of positive outcomes. Like even the fact that you said, I got many people that I went to school with that dropped out after, you know, they first semester, you know what I'm saying? Not even they first, not even the first year, the first semester, because mm -hmm. they didn't realize they weren't, they realized soon early on, yo, this is not the place for me. I'm not ready for this. I got in for reasons, but the reasons I'm here are the same reasons that I'm not going to be able to stay. So you and I was blessed 
you know what I'm saying, by Yahweh, by, you know, Wahali, you know what I'm saying, Allah, to make sure that we was able to get through AU, you know what I'm saying? We had the yeah. skills to pay the bills, if you think, you know, we had, we, we we weren't affected by a lot of things that affect people. Like, oh man, I, do, I feel isolated, woo woo, man, you kind of loners in a way anyway. So it's like, man, I don't care. <laughs> I'm about to get this education, man. I ain't going back to Compton. I ain't going back to Anacostia. I don't care what you all talking about. You feel lonely. Suck suck it up. Like, I could be dead right now. You tripping. I'm staying right here where it's safe. What are you talking about? <laughs> Safety and abundance, man. So, anyway, point being, what I'm trying to say is I still feel that the issue shouldn't have been to abolish affirmative action. I think that's the worst thing we could have done. Because now they got this new language, the little race-neutral thing. We all know what that means, man. No, we all know what that means. I mean, like, I know. Is this it? Is this the right? Is this the right way to do this? I don't see. Yeah, it. I yeah. don't see race. Yeah, I don't see color. I don't see race. That's what people. See. I don't see color. Yeah, like that's wild to me. Like I'm gonna be honest. When I got my job, one of the things that was said to me is, is that it doesn't hurt that you're black. I mean, that's the truth. And I, I, I and at that moment, that's what I mean. I built a at that moment. I was able, like, I was like, oh, I could build a rapport with you because the person <laughs> that said that she was a white woman. You're a human being. Because I can talk to you. you know I can talk to you. Yes. Yeah, I can talk yes. to you like a regular person. And yes. I can talk to you like a regular person now. Because you made it very abundant. You made it abundantly clear. Like, oh, you understand this is a game. Oh, okay, now I can. I know how I can play with you. Like, we can play together to win the both of us to win. Mm-hmm. So it's like whenever we had little interactions, I would be like, yeah, but I could talk real with her. And she would just understand where I'm coming from. Like, yeah, but I'm saying I'm trying to do this because of da 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 da. And she'd be like, okay, try it out. And I'd be like, all right, thank you. And she's like, really just had the faith, like, oh, you'll figure it out because mm-hmm. you're talented. And it's not even only you talented. This thing is for black people. You're black. I'm not going to tell you what black people should be doing. That'd be like you trying to tell me what the new chalate is, Chris. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not a pumpkin spice guy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not wearing Uggs and going to do hot yoga right now. That was later on, you know what I'm saying, when I started transitioning into being Although in class. Although you do love that. orange things. You got an orange beanie on. You like carrot cake. You like orange theory. Like, you do love orange, though. You should just eat, drink the pumpkin spice. It's okay. First of all, I don't go to orange theory. You know, you like to spin, like, though. You like, don't you cycle every day, though? I see you. I see the, the right, messages that's, popping that's up on reasons. Apple. That's for reasons. That's for reasons. <laughs> I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about it. If I could be running, I would be running. But I'm coming about right now. I can't do it. I told you that. I got, I got to fix my, I got to fix my yeah. issues. I need to go to the, get a tune-up. Once I get my tune-up, you know what I'm saying, I'd be back, back at them, man, back hitting the road. Uh-huh. Like, the road. But, you know what I'm saying, I feel like that's the main thing. Right? We should have. They should have changed the language to say there has to be some type of stat that you got to hit. And I feel like that would be more effective. Like, say, yo, we need to have X amount of outcomes or we're going to cut this program or it's going to affect you in some... Put, the, put it back on the population. Put it back on the institutions. Don't just get rid of it nationwide. That's stupid. If you made it so people had to meet some type of metric or have a performance review, like, hey, you said you're doing affirmative action, you're doing DIY, what are your outcomes? There's none of that. People always, like, think about Budweiser. <laughs> they did all this stuff <laughs> with diversity and inclusion and put the put the, put the little lady oh, on yeah, the yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm being real, I'm being real gracious, gracious right now. Put yeah. the lady on the joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And people was like, nah, I ain't buying this no more. They alienated their whole... They whole demographic. You ever seen? First of all, I don't even think gay people drink Budweiser. For real, for real. If we really talking, they, there ain't no way. Like, who drinking Budweiser? Not no trans people. They not drinking Budweiser. They drinking something else, man. So why would you even try to get that demographic? And I remember I watched the video of the woman they put in charge of Budweiser. She's not a person that I would think would be the head of marketing for Budweiser. A thousand percent. It just, I looked at it, I was like, she's the wrong person. But it's like, how'd she get that job? How she get the, there had to be a Bubba somewhere. There had to be a Kevin somewhere. There had to be a a a a, 
Roscoe somewhere that would have been much more fit to do that. Like to me, if I was with Budweiser, I'd have been trying to reach out to all the like Southern comedians to get them to be brand ambassadors. Cause that's the demographic. They sound like a Theo Vaughn type character. He sound like he, he, his whole thing is like, I'm a country boy. I do this. I do that. Mm-hmm. I'm from Louisiana. Da, 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 da. I tell stories. That's what you think about people that they talk trash. That's Budweiser's brand. Why not do that? But you, it's like, it don't make sense to me. And that's a million dollar idea. No, 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 no. We talked about this, Chris. We talked about buying power. You cater to black people. Cause why? We spend our money. Yeah. And then we talk about one one large burgeoning group audience in the United States, LGBTQ plus community. So you want to target them because you want to make money. Hmm. But Budweiser ain't going. Budweiser ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. What you drink is probably tied to how you grew up. If it's not tied to how you grew up, it's tied to who you hang around. If it's not tied to who you hang around, it's tied to what you can afford. Of those three things, that's gonna decide what your punk ass drink. That's right. So you should be drinking old English, like a real one, still reserved, like a real one. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be getting that Mad Dog 2020. You know what I'm saying? Making that hypnotic, put it with the Hennessy, make an incredible rock. You know what I'm saying? That's how you pose the drink, man. Like a real one, like a real one, man. Get in a fight. You know, smack your baby moms. Bust all the cars, all the windows out your baby daddy for a car. You know what I'm saying? Live life. That's what I would do if I was a marketer. I'd be going crazy if all the NCD people were still reserved. 100%. Like it's the 90s. I had everybody mm-hmm. big hoop earrings, big dashiki doogie braids, all the dudes and white beaters still reserve. Get what you deserve, still reserve. Show what they deserve, still reserve. You know what I'm saying? I be having all this stuff, man. I need to I don't army. think you can put that on you know TV no more. I don't think you can still put that works. on TV. I don't think you can put that still on works. TV. Shut up. Shut up. Stillworks.com, you know what I'm saying? Hire me, bro. You know what I'm saying? I come up with a whole campaign, man. I do it for you on the low, too, bro. Just get my foot in the door, you know what I'm saying? Ogilvy, man. Talk to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Is is. You really want to talk to but Edelman. Yeah. That's who you really, that's that you want to talk about any firm. You really want to talk to Edelman. I don't even know Edelman like Ex- that. Ex- exactly. I got you. It's, I got you, bro. You talking to the one that was. I good? like Ogilvy yeah. and Wiley, man. I like Wiley and Ogilvy, man. Those my those my those places I want to land, man. I'm building on wax. You know, pick me up, man. <laughs> give me a shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give me a shot. Now you want that Saudi money. You want that Saudi money. I can be a Keynes line. You, you want that Saudi money. You want that Saudi money. That's what you want. And Edelman got that Saudi money. Oh, you right. You know, and I be fake Muslim a lot, man. Exactly. Come on, Chris. Come on, man. Underneath this, in my world, this is Dashiki. I mean, this is a Kufi for real. You know what I'm saying? It be holes in it. I should poke holes in it. It's a Kufi for real. So, in the spirit, though, in the spirit, though, of the Bud Light and all those things, man, it's an effort to be inclusive. Because we're all going to be different, yet we can all exist in the same place, right? So diversity is that we all look different. Equity is that we all get what we need. But then inclusion is that we all feel like we can be different in the same spaces doing what the fuck we do without taking away from each other. And so when I think about this from an affirmative action standpoint, in particular about college education, Chris, I think where some of this like indifference, this type of energy that you're getting from me is that I don't fuck with higher ed in the first place, right? They're corporations. They're there to make money. Why do you think legacies matter? Because somebody's going to pay you $250,000 for a four to five year period for their kid to go to school. And if they have multiple kids, that is $500,000. Your parent is not giving them $500,000. The government don't want to give them $500,000 for you to go to that school. But that parent that's affluent and in particular that is Asian or white, they can spend $500,000 on their two kids to go to college. Um, But Chris, how do you want to wrap this up to our big homie Clarence and to his uh, squadron of Supreme Court justices? Man, niggas going nig, crackers going crack. Everything was good unless you black. That's the podcast. Bow. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, baby.